This is Tiger Cats pregame presented by Greenworks. Longtime CFL, CFL coach and Tiger Cats broadcaster John Salavanis joins us with his pregame salutations. Coach Sal, always a pleasure, sir. Let me ask you the question that if you were listening to the broadcast, I'm going to throw it to you right now. Now, we've gone through one game of evaluation on a pregame, and obviously I'll change that. We'll start with training camp and evaluation process there. Then there was the first preseason game, and now you look at the roster that's going to play tonight in Montreal, and it is littered with players that I would consider that it's either make it or break it. How do you break down tape and evaluate these guys in this situation a week away from your home from your uh, season opener well Bob I think you got to go back to what you talked about in the beginning and that's you're trying to establish your game day roster now that means you, here's the breakdown for it you got two quarterbacks on the roster you got 20 Americans <clears throat> four of which are going to be designated players you got 21 nationals and you get two global players so your starting group's got to include seven nationals. Now, one of the most important decisions they have to make is those four guys that are designated players because those four can only play on special teams. And, Andy, you know how important that is. But they also need to be able to fill in for any injured starter. So your evaluation has to take those things into consideration before anything else. Coach, when you're looking at the roster tonight, the only obvious uh, or projected starters position group is the defensive backs. Uh, you have the same starting lineup, um, except for Tunde Adelike is filled, is starting at free safety, as we had last week. And along with Chris Edwards, the Sam linebacker, who uh, in this league is essentially a defensive back as well. Um, what what would you read into that, or what? why would the coaches do that? Well, first of all, uh, last week, Cat uh, <coughs> excuse me, Cat uh did a very good job uh, filling in for Adelike, but Adelike comes in with, the, as you say, the projected starters, and that is because of communication. That group, including Edwards at that Sam linebacker, has to be able to communicate uh, all the way through a play. You know, you get a, a defensive call comes in, and then from that defensive call, when the offense deploys their receivers, they have to make adjustments. Then when the ball snaps, all H breaks loose, and everybody has to be on the same page. So I think that that projected group of starters is there to try to get the communication down uh, early in this ballgame. And I suspect they'll play a, a fair amount in the first half, and then they'll be taken out for subs. Yeah, perhaps as long as the starters for Montreal play uh, uh, around Cody Fajardo, I assume. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, what about last week? If you were kind of breaking down the film from last week or what you saw out there, what impressed you? What areas of con do you have of concern? Well, I, I think you go back to uh, areas of concern. Uh, you know, to me... Uh, what we have to improve upon as a team uh, from last season to this season, number one is turnovers. And we had four turnovers in that ballgame. Yes, we had a lot of different players on. I accept all that. And two, we have to be better in the fourth quarter. 
and we were not in either one of those categories. We uh, we were four and three in the turnovers to Toronto. Uh, I think those things uh, have to become much better for uh, for this team to improve this year. Let's jump to the offensive line. Uh, Alex Fontana starts gets the start at center. He was the starting center for the Ticats at the beginning of last year until injury. Uh, and next to him, Brandon Revenberg and Coulter Woodmansey, who are projected starters, uh, are in there. But um, would you, would you, would, is it safe to say that those two will not play too much tonight and give some of the younger players, including some of the draft picks, um, some time? Yeah, I agree. Uh, they will do that. And really, the O-line with Revenberg and Woodmansey, as you say, they're in for a short time to give Alex Fontana at the center position an opportunity with familiar people next to him. That gives Alex an opportunity. We know that Baird is going to be the starting center, but Alex could you know, be, be a very valuable part of that organization. So you want to have those two uh, veteran guys next to him uh, to get him off to a good start. And then I think they take Rev out real early in the ballgame, and uh, it would be Black uh, that would come in uh, in his position, the number one draft choice, and I expect to see him play a great deal. We were talking earlier about the backup, uh, the, the players who are at their position going to be a backup, and uh, let's look, look at the linebackers, for instance. Um, when you have Jameer Thurman and Simone Lawrence uh, and Kyle Wilson, none of which are playing tonight, um, you'd assume that those are going to be the three linebackers along with Chris Edwards that are going to be playing the majority of the snaps when it comes regular season. So um, the players who are playing middle and will linebacker and, and backing up uh, Chris Edwards tonight, how much of the play on the defensive side of the ball will make a difference in if they make the team or not? And how much will it be focused on what they do on special teams? Well, I think a great deal will be special teams. But at the same time, uh, you want to see the player not have any breakdowns mentally in terms of uh, the uh, play call and his movement on the field. You know, if, if he's in the right position at the right time, even though he does not make the play, if he's in the right place at the right time, uh, he's got the opportunity to make the ball club. And again, it goes back to those designated players. There's some designate Four designated guys are just special teams players, and they have to be able to fill in and be good uh, as a starter goes down. They have to be able to come in and play for them. So I think a good deal of the evaluation tonight will be on special teams, but uh, you cannot discount uh, you know, uh, errors made uh, on the defensive scheme. If we go to the backs for a second there, Coach, I think there's an interesting situation brewing uh, with the injury to Sean Thomas, Erlington being on that six-game injured list, so I'm going to presume he will not be ready for week number one in Winnipeg. Um, you're in an interesting situation where Fleet Davis showed real well as a, as a sort of number two back behind James Butler. But that I guess this is a big game, I would presume, in his second week of training camp uh, for Keon Edwards, the OUA Player of the Year from Western. Um, because I would believe having two Americans at that position could cause problems, would, could it not? Well, it could cause problems, but at the same time, you could designate one of those guys. But I like the idea of Edwards because Edwards is big enough that he could play a tight end position also. 
So, you know, as, as a running back per se, you're going to go with the American uh, nine out of ten times unless Thomas Erlington comes back, in which case he becomes that uh, a different type of runner in the backfield. You know, I talked to Andy about this on a human note of what is going to happen tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Tomorrow, the Tiger Cats have to submit their uh, active roster and, and, injury, and uh, uh, I guess a practice roster as well, too. And I guess whoever's going to go on the injured list will be determined from there. Um, you've been through this, and Andy talked about it from a player perspective. But from a coach perspective, how difficult is that cut-down day for a head coach or a coach, at a positional coach? Well, it is very difficult because as a coach, you're being evaluated as well. You know, if your player that's under your direction doesn't learn, uh, you may be at fault yourself uh, as a coach because if he hasn't learned, you haven't taught properly. So that comes into play into it. And, and Andy mentioned, you know, the, the nervousness around the, uh, the dorm room or whatever. Uh, a lot of good players uh, will, will hear that uh, coach needs to see you and uh, bring your playbook. And, and that, you know, is, is the worst thing you can hear. But at the same time, there's a lot of guys that will be placed onto a practice roster. So, you know, they have to give all of their efforts in this ballgame to make sure they give themselves a good chance. What position battles are you looking forward to watching tonight most after seeing what happened last week? Quarterback. I want to see whether it's going to be Powell or Schultz. You're only going to dress two quarterbacks, so one of those two quarterbacks uh, playing tonight uh, is going to be on the roster, and he'll get a game check, and the other guy is going to end up on the practice roster. And, of course, you know, when you break that down economically, you, you look at it, uh, uh, what's the starting salary for, for uh, CFL players? About $70,000. A practice roster player gets $750 a week, so... There's a lot to play for right there. On that note there, and that's important to notice, you know, the NFL made the big change this year where they will be allowed to dress three quarterbacks. Would you, is that a, a better situation that you'd like to see in the Canadian game? No, I, I think you're okay with two quarterbacks uh, on the active roster. I don't, I don't see that as, as an, a big issue. A lot of it goes back to the fact that we added those two global players, uh, which takes away uh, one of your or two of your spots, basically, uh, unless they're uh, more than just a kicker. And Andy mentioned the kickers earlier, you know, whether Small comes back or not, uh, he doesn't need any practice. He just needs to uh, get in the uniform. You know, I've talked to a number of media people around the league, uh, coach, and I think, I don't know if it's pressure building or expectation, I, I'll use that word. There's a lot of people that are picking the Tiger Cats to finish first in the East. Do you see that? I mean, when you look in your crystal ball, that the Tiger Cats should finish first? Oh, give me a break, Bubba. You're, <laughs> you're, asking, you're asking somebody to pick a team uh, when they haven't even played a game yet. No, this is a long 18-game season. And, and uh, every team has got an opportunity to be number one. I'd love to have the Tiger Cats be number one, but for me to stand here or sit here and, and try to pick them number one at this time would be uh, kind of foolish. Coach, we were talking about uh, the injury to Justin McGriff and, and who's going to fill that, that void from Stephen Dunbar Jr. last year. Um, do, you do you suspect that the Tiger Cats are 
you know, on the horn, trying to bring in another bigger body uh, to to compete with um, with some of the players that were in camp, or do you think it, it is actually going to be between Omar Bayless and and Godwin and Gallimore and, and that and those likes? Well, you more than likely will start out with the uh, the second group that you mentioned on there, but you're always looking for another player. And that brings up a, a, an idea that I've had for years, and, and uh, a couple of old-time coaches uh, adhered to this idea. They would cut down two more players than they actually uh, need to cut down in order to bring in a new player from another team. So if you got your eye on a player from B.C., and he's on the bubble at BC, you make yourself room for that guy to come in. If he doesn't, then you, you bring back the, the guy that you uh, let go for a short period of time. With his pregame salutations, he is John Salavanis. Coach Sal, thank you for joining us as always. Your expertise is certainly always much appreciated. All right. I'm going to enjoy listening to this ballgame. Hey, thanks, Coach.